Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to the Give a Sip podcast for our brief and wonderful interview this week. We've got Kristen Olszewski from Nomadica Wine, who just recently actually was named one of wine enthusiasts 40 under 40 tastemakers, which is a super huge honor. Um, we're really happy for her. Uh, and we really feel lucky to be working with people who continue to get on that list. Uh, it, it's really exciting to be working with such innovative, exciting companies and people. Um, so today we're going to talk about all the exciting new things she's got coming, uh, most of which we've actually already gotten since we did the interview. So I mentioned the labels that are coming. They are actually here now. Um, but uh, when I recorded this, they weren't here yet. So there you go. Uh, so without further ado, here's Kristen. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Give a Sip. Uh, today, we are with Kristen from Nomadica Wines, which is uh, one of our best-selling canned wine companies. Kristen, thanks for joining the podcast. So I'm just glad we made this happen, so I'm really proud of us for that. Yeah, we did it. Go, go millennials. <laughs> or I guess I think we're I think we're both in that uh, what, the new term I heard was geriatric millennials, which I just. Oh, yep. <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> I'm not. I really don't like that term, but I definitely um, have been told I'm in that category. So yeah, I guess too. we just have to like accept it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess just... so. I mean, I have been saying kids these days more often, so that's something Me here, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> God. Oh man. <laughs> to yeah. be officially old. I know it's terrible. Uh, I didn't think it would happen to us. Yeah, why don't you uh, give all of our team and, and the customers listening in a little bit of your background? I know you've got quite uh, a prolific history. <laughs> um, so my background personally, you know, I got my undergraduate degree in sustainable agriculture and, you know, quickly went to go work in restaurants after that and got the wine bug pretty early in life. And I've been, you know, incredibly lucky to work at some amazing restaurants like Saison and Sons and Daughters in San Francisco. I was the beverage director at Husk in Nashville. Um, most recently, I was the sommelier at Osteria Moza in Los Angeles, and I'm the wine director at Gigi's in LA. And while I was at Osteria Moza, I met this young woman, got introduced to her through a mutual friend, and she told me that she wanted to start a canned wine company and asked if I would be interested in doing it with her. And my first reaction was, you know, to be honest, I was like, "Ugh, no thanks, good luck. Uh, I have no interest in canned wine. I would never drink it. <laughs> and, um, you know, Emma, my co-founder, super stubborn, canned a small batch of Pinot Noir from a producer I really loved, Josh Clapper, on the Central Coast and brought it back to me to taste. And I remember pouring it into a glass and just really wanting to hate it. Like I was so offended by the concept of canned wine. And in that moment, I had to just admit that I was wrong about so many things. And this was, you know, over over four years ago before canned wine was really a thing in the way it is now. Sure. And, you know, the deeper I looked into it, just there are so many reasons why cans made sense. And uh, our whole premise at Nomadica is premium wine and sustainable packaging. And I know, I'm sure I don't need to tell you this, but the portability, the single serving, but most importantly, the recyclability of cans, like, colored glass isn't even recyclable. Um, and the shipping emissions are so much lower 
because cans are so much lighter than glass. And I feel like anything we can do to lower our carbon footprint and just think along the lines of even in terms of recyclable packaging, like I didn't even know until I started this journey that certain types of paper packaging are not recyclable. Um, oh, really? So yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yes. Yeah, it's been <laughs> the the deeper you get into it, especially because Nomadica, we're we are en route to be a carbon neutral company by 2023. That's great. And so it's a it's an ever evolving rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, and it's something like what, like 80 percent lower carbon footprint for for the cans. Exactly. Than about. Yeah, that's wild. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's just from the shipping emissions alone. Wow, that's yeah. that is a big difference. It's um, actually insane. So. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I liken cans where we are right now to you know maybe fifteen years ago uh, when we were just we pups in this industry talking to people about Stelvin closures and how screw tops were were ruining wine and it was the it was the worst thing that people could do and now you've got you know. Premier Crew Grand Cru's going into into Stelvins, uh, and it's you know it's it's uh, it's come a long way, and I think uh, cans have done that even even quicker. And um, you know, up here in the Northwest, we certainly resonate with uh, portable alcoholic beverages between the lakes and the mountains uh, quite a bit. So, so uh, once you got started there, um, you're still working at Gigi's, so you're still somming. Uh, is that the moonlighting gig, I guess, for, for the cans and then, um, keeping yourself just in touch with the community and then, um, building, building Nomadica, it seems like it's really starting to take off quite a bit nationally. So. Yeah. I mean, um, with, with no lack of, you know, energy and hard work, <laughs> I feel like I haven't slept <laughs> in sure. four years. Um, I when I was at Austria Moza for the first couple of years of starting Nomadica, I would, you know, work on Nomadica all day and then psalm at night on the floor. And uh, now, fortunately, <laughs> I am running Nomadica full time. We have a team of eight people. And then I just do the wine list at Gigi's and I have a really talented uh, young psalm. And now, as you know, as of last week, uh, a new sommelier in training that I'm getting to work with. Uh, and they sell all the wine on the floor. I just get to be a mentor and and kind of have the really fun part of the job. Great. So it's a good deal. Yes. <laughs> it's gonna really go, go next door to Tartine, get some pastries, and head on over to the winery. It's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I uh, have I get to feed my sick burgundy addiction because there you go. Perfect. The white so whale someday in the next in the next <laughs> ten years we might it might get crazy enough that we'll see some burgundy in the camp. Just, just you wait. It's, it's coming. I know. I know. <laughs> so, well, uh, you touched on it a little bit, but, uh, you know, for your, um, your curated wines, you know, there's, there's definitely some things that seem to be a, a running theme that we notice in the cans, things like, you know, sustainably farmed, uh, you know, you use minimal sulfur, things like that. What is it that you really look for in your, in your partners, um, when you're making these wines? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what I basically like to call, because I know now there's all sorts of like marketing techniques um, around <laughs> clean wine, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like for any wine person, it's 
essentially like the basic tenets of what got us all interested in wine in the first place, right? Like we all know good wine is made in the vineyard. And so uh, every producer we work with, because we source wine from small independent boutique winemakers, um, and at minimum they are practicing sustainable farming. Uh, almost all of them are practicing organic farming, even if they're not certified. Uh, no chemical intervention in the cellar. So, you know, no super perp or anything like that in our <laughs> wines. And then the sulfur thing, I will be honest, you know, Kristen's hot take here. I am not a sulfur purist by any means. Um, something I really have loved doing over the years as a sommelier on the floor is when people would talk to me about being allergic to sulfur, I would suggest that perhaps they were allergic to chemicals in mass-produced wine and, and not the sulfur. Totally. But we found that sulfur in a can um, creates a propensity for the wine to become reductive. Sure, and I can see that. I, you know, I, yeah, I love reductive wine, but not all the time. And I don't, you know, want all my wines to be reductive. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, anecdotally, like flavor profile wise, uh, at Nomadica, we source wines that are, you know, fresh, vibrant, nice fruit component, high acid, uh, fermented completely dry, just like crushable. Like you probably will never find me putting Barolo in a can, but everything that's ready to drink like right now, <laughs> uh, we'll put in a can. Perfect. I mean, that's the way it's meant to be, right? That's it. Take it with you and, and chug it and enjoy the enjoy the glass and don't, you know, you don't have to think too much about every glass of, of wine you have, but, um, they should be enjoyable. Like you said. Um, so Josh, exactly. yeah, Josh Clapper is one of your biggest partners, right? You mentioned him earlier a little bit from Obong Clement. Oh, he or was, so he was one of the original, um, winemakers we worked with, but I've actually been really lucky to, uh, and he is joining our team in an official capacity as of October, but Oh, wow. Kent Humphrey from Eric Kent Sellers has become a huge partner for us. Um, he is now like the head of all of our production. Great. Yeah. That's a, that's a big, it's a big get. <laughs> yes. It, I mean, it's been really great. I, Kent and I used to work with the same distributor years ago. And, you know, sometimes when you meet people at wine events, you know, late night, everyone's <laughs> throwing bottles around and Kent is just a person that I've always admired his like world philosophies, the way he treats people, the way he acts in the world. And he makes award-winning phenomenal wine in Sonoma. And, you know, I have a great palate. I can talk flavor profiles all day. I can isolate everything with my freakish sense of smell, but I don't know how to make wine. So having Kent, he's been, you know, in the background advising all of our canning since pretty much day one. And I'm really excited to have him come on in a more official capacity. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I like mm -hmm. that. I like imagining you going to him and saying, you know, I want to see this this profile for our red blend. And then he's fine. He goes and sources the right grapes to to mix that up for you. And, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That sounds really fun. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, what other partners are you working with uh, in the in, in you know and in what capacities? I guess uh, at this time, I know we've talked about Bob and, and Jonathan a bit before. Um, are they still people that are uh, you're working with on the vineyard side? 
Yeah, I mean, we, I, I never say no to any great wine. <laughs> That's kind of my philosophy. Um, most recently, because we have, so we have an e-commerce website and I've really enjoyed testing out limited editions on e-commerce yeah. to see if then we can make larger um, the runs for wholesale. So, you know, you and I have been talking about this piquette that we recently released in June. We only made 90 cases, sold out like within a week. And we did a collaboration with one of my all-time favorite winemakers, Mike Lucia. So he runs SOK, Root Down Cellars, and he's now the owner um, of Coal Ranch Vineyards, which is this really cool high elevation vineyard. It's the smallest single vineyard AVA in California. It's so cool. It starts at, I think, 1500 feet above sea level and then goes up to 1800 feet. He got there and there was, you know, own rooted Riesling, Trousseau, Poussard, Jacquere, like all these really cool varietals from the Jura and the Savoie and it snows there. Um, and he definitely makes my favorite domestic Riesling that I've ever had. Um, I, I actually love everything that this man makes. I think he's one of the, he's one of my favorite winemakers. Um, and I was really excited to collaborate with him on this piquette of Riesling. And I think we will, uh, I think we'll see some in the Pacific Northwest, hopefully next year. Yeah, <laughs> I, will, I, I will officially go on record <laughs> as saying that you can put us down for that. We will, we will take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds very cool. Um, yeah, I, I love sort of uh, following. You have a great Instagram uh, presence as well, and it's been really fun following what goes on there. And it's nice from from my personal role because it, it makes it uh, very easy for me to know what you're doing and, and the new things coming out so that I can uh, get in touch with you when something cool is happening um, and not feel like I missed the boat. So thank you for, for keeping, keeping me updated through Instagram. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, I think all the credit there has to go to um, our creative director, Aiden Duffy, who is actually based in Seattle, but she, without her, <laughs> I'm terrible at Instagram. It's almost laughable. When I used to run the Instagram, we had like no followers. Um, and since Aiden has joined our team in September, has she has just taken ownership of a million different things and done each one incredibly well. And that was definitely one of them. Yeah, I'd, I'd say she's doing a great job for sure. Um, and talking about the Instagram, you know, I know you, you've published uh, your new labels, uh, which look great, by the way. We should be enjoying those up here in the Pacific Northwest very soon. But uh, I'd love to talk about the labels that our customers currently know and the inspiration and then and then also the new labels coming, what the inspiration was for those, because there's a, a, quite a bit of a change between the two. Um, equally good for both, in my opinion, but but different for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so our, the art on our labels have always been centered around being the first tasting note for the wine inside. One of my favorite things in my journey in wine personally has been, you know, as a sommelier going up to the table that you can tell they're intimidated. They maybe, you know, haven't been to a Michelin restaurant before. They don't want to talk to a sommelier. They think you're just going to rip them off and like, you know, and, and getting to change that perception and making people comfortable with wine and people that are not comfortable with wine. I've never, you know, asked like, what's your acid preference? Do you like tannin? Things like that. I've always relied on 
poetic markers. Like I think, you know, one of my favorite things I've ever said was I described Poggio de Soto, Brunello de Montalcino as God walking down your throat in velvet slippers. And when we started Nomadica, I was, you know, we were, we were brainstorming, like, how do we take the, the verbal psalm explains the wine out of the equation, right? How do we communicate the tasting notes of the wine to people when they just look at the can? And it was kind of like craft beer has been doing this forever. They have the coolest labels. They're super bright. They're eye-catching. They're fun. People love them. People love to interact with them. So we wanted to go with really fun, eye-catching art that would act as a tasting note for the wine inside. And the um, I'm going to be just very honest with the the label switch. Um, my co-founder and I had you know sourced the artists uh, for the labels you currently have, and we'd done all the design ourselves. Um, as one does when they start a business, you know, I think you, you get used to wearing a lot of hats and you do a lot of things that you're not necessarily good at. Sure. <laughs> and, um, I love those cans. I love those labels, but bringing Aiden on the team and having Aiden really join the, the high level leadership at Nomadica. Um, I firmly believe in, you know, hiring great people and letting them own their areas. Right. Cause I think, you can't hold somebody accountable for something if you don't let them own it. And we hired Aiden because Aiden, we had worked with her on our rebrand a little bit and she was just so incredible. It seemed like a great fit. Like there was so much work chemistry and I admire her so much and think she has such a great eye. And when she joined, I was like, here, you own brand. You, you own the category. All I want is I want to make cans as chic as the bottle you know everyone's always instagramming their bottle of wine or like there's something inherently sexy and racy about a bottle of wine and I you know kind of tossed the challenge to Aiden I was like here can you can you do that with a can can you make the cans super sexy and I think with our newest collection she's achieved that yeah I'd agree they uh, are yeah <laughs> almost, uh, almost uh, uh, knowingly so. <laughs> the, the people that follow you on Instagram have have uh, have been asking for these cans for quite a while since they got posted, and it's uh, they're I mean they're beautiful, and and you know some of these people are new customers just uh, with the imagery alone uh, are so intrigued by what's inside that. Oh man, that's out. so cool! Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, so. I mean we got Aiden got us into like we got a dye line nod which is this you know designer nerd magazine um it was kind of a dream come true for us and nice. i'm just so in awe and so grateful to aiden for she she killed it like i'm, yeah. I'm so proud of her and we're we have more to come so. and there's there still seems to be uh you know a, a, a nod if you will or homage to the original cans and a lot of the new cans um you know you can kind of pick out little elements of label design that, that seem to have carried over, but just uh, um, to use a overused term, uh, elevated uh, quite yes. a bit. A hundred percent. Yeah, they look great. 100%. So we're excited to get those for sure. And then with this new uh, new package design, there's also a new wine that's coming, the, the still white. Um, could you let our team know a little bit about that? Because we haven't even played with that just yet. 
Ooh, I cannot wait for everyone to taste it. So this is actually, you know, I love all my cans equally, but this is the one that's it for me. Um, so we did a limited edition Chardonnay online and it sold out. <laughs> this is our narrative within two weeks. And then people have been, you know, rabidly DMing me, Facebook messaging me, emailing me. When's the Chardonnay going to come back? When's it going to come back? Like I had somebody threaten me over it. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> love, we, I love when people love something like, so much they think violence is going to give them what they want. It's like, come on. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow. Okay. Wow. You really like it. And Chardonnay is one of my favorite grapes on the planet. You know, I was just talking about how much I love white bird can be. And, you know, I love Chardonnay from the Arbois. I love Chardonnay from Northern Italy. I love, yeah, like don't even get me started. It's just such a beautiful, versatile, interesting grape. And so we found an incredible Chardonnay from a Royal Grande 2018. So it's got some age to it. It's super high acid, really clean. It was like a third of it was barrel fermented. So it does have some texture to it, but it's, I, I like to say it's the, it's the Chardonnay that walks the line really well, you know, so California Chardonnay drinkers will like it, but then also people who think they hate Chardonnay will also love it. Um, I blind tested a very, uh, somebody who I've always admired and looked up to a lot who is, you know, has probably 30 years of wine experience on me and he thought it was from the Macomb. Hmm. That's, and that's I, I don't think there's a higher compliment in my book. So I was, man, it kind of took my breath away. I was like, yeah. wow, no, this is my wine and it's from a can. And you should have, Chris, I wish you saw the look on this man's face. <laughs> I, I, I can <laughs> imagine like, that. That's, I love, I love those sorts of surprises. So uh, Macon's, I, I, I would imagine good, uh, Good comparison, and we're definitely excited to have that wine up here. It's it's something that um, you know most of the Chardonnay cans that make it to the Pacific Northwest are definitely uh, to continue your analogy, they're over the line on the oak. Uh, mm. There's quite a, mm -hmm. quite a bit there that's that's been added, and, and uh, so it's nice to have something that actually has some good acidity and balance, uh, yet still truly Californian Chardonnay. So, or or I guess in, in the blind tasting sense, uh, Macon. <laughs> So <laughs> awesome. Someday I'll make well, that happen. Yeah, someday, someday. Um, well, outside of that, uh, what other new projects? I mean, I know you're, we're teasing the PCAT for next year, uh, which I'm sure I'll be getting texts from the team afterwards about what that means for next year. Does that mean January 1st? It does not. <laughs> but for the team listening in now, but uh, uh, any other big projects that are in the works? Any other limited editions that you're, you're excited about? Yeah, I mean, we are definitely in the process of testing some innovation that we are hoping to launch next year that I'm really excited about. Um, so I hate to be so mysterious about no worries. it, but I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm really excited about it. It'll, we're, we're testing out uh, several different formats and something that's not wine. Oh, okay. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll yes. be excited to hear more about that when it's, when it's time. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, Staying, staying fresh is the most important thing right now, I think, especially in a 
world where a new, you know, tech company backed canned wine comes on the market every other day, it seems like. Yeah, it's it's nice to still have something real in the in the can for sure. Um, we're we're certainly happy to be able to sell something that we can stand behind in that sense. Um, so talking about that, you know, the, the whites coming in, but the the flavors that got us here, the the uh, varietals of the you know the red blend, the rosé, and then the two sparklings, those are still coming, uh, and, and they're still your core. Um, is there anything you wanted to share with the team about those? Uh, anything special, anything changing with the new cannings on those wines? Yeah. So I think something that's been really exciting for me because I'm neurotic about quality, uh, as you know, one might imagine as <laughs> yeah, I put my name on this and I've had, I love wine. I've built my entire life around wine. It's my it's my literal obsession. Um, we have gotten even better at canning. I think there's been a ton of innovation in the actual process. People are building canning lines specifically for wine now. Oh, which wow. was not the case. Yeah, this is like a brand new thing as of this last year. Yeah, no, I've heard um, stories of people like repurposing old Sprite canning lines to make wine before. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's good to hear that there's actual wine dedicated facilities now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really incredible, and I think you know having Kent because Kent is as much of a you know psycho nerd as I am. We're continually learning about canned wine, like we, and because we're one of the oldest can wine companies, which kind of shocks me, we have the ability to actually test, you know, wine we put in a can four years ago, that obviously is not in the market any longer, but like we've held it back so we can see how it's changed in the can, you know, beyond just my literal taste and smell notes, we do lab tests on everything as well to see just what's actually happening. And we've made some adjustments. And I think this newest lineup of wine is our best yet you know I feel like people always say that about their their new collection but we've we've learned a lot we're a really small team and we may not have billions of dollars but uh I think being resourceful and inquisitive and something I really love about the wine community is people are really excited to share information and talk you know I feel like you get a bunch of winemakers in a room and no one's like looking at each other like competition. Everyone's just freely sharing information because I think, you know, high tide all boats rise. And I'm just so excited for you and your team and, and all the customers to try our newest collection. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a very uh, accurate, but also great way to look at the wine community and, and that's what's so i think so beautiful about it is like you said it everyone props each other up and and you know it, it the better everyone can be the you know it's going to only serve to benefit all parties and uh exactly yeah and so um with these new uh projects uh, i love the fact by the way that you're talking about uh trying cans from four years ago because i think that might be one of the stigmas that still exists for cans is that they're meant to, they have to get consumed right away. Otherwise they get tinny or whatever. But um, I think, you know, looking at that and analyzing that and making those changes, I can only suspect that, you know, wines that you're making will continue to actually have, uh, dare I say, ageability in the can. Um, and exactly. It's yeah. It's kind of crazy. 
No one yeah. would have ever thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought that. No. I mean, and, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, it's Delvin 15 years ago. That was part of the, the argument was that the wine can't develop in the bottle. Now there's micro oxidization that they do for, for the Stelman. So, you know, it's, it's coming. It, it's true that there's innovation is continuing to, to uh, push this industry forward. And it's great to see people like you who are at the forefront of it and really embracing it. Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so outside of the Chardonnay that you mentioned, what other varietals do you really gravitate towards for, uh, from, for yourself, obviously you mentioned Burgundy, but for, for Nomadica in particular? Well, um, I love Italian bridles, Italian bridles, and that might be a little bit of a hint about what's to come later this year, but mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do a Barbera in a can. Um, okay. I think Barbera is one of those grapes, because I always talk about Nomadica being ubiquitously pleasing flavor profiles, you know, everyone from your pretentious sommelier friends to the aunt you have who drinks twice a year and says everything's too sweet or too bitter, et cetera, et cetera. So I try to source in that vein. And I've always used Barbera as my example of that because, you know, show me a person who doesn't like Barbera. They don't exist. Everyone sure. likes Barbera. It's got the body. It's got the acidity. It's got the fruit level. Um, I'm so excited about that. And also another thing I'm excited about is just... <laughs> California wine period, how it's changing, how it's becoming, I, I don't know. It's been so fascinating to me, especially being from the East coast originally and how we viewed California wine as, you know, stereotypically what you might think, you know, over oaked Chardonnay, over extracted Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa. And now seeing all these young, innovative winemakers who are, sourcing out, you know, Trousseau and Jacquere and Gruner Vetliner and making these bright, refreshing natural wines out of California. I don't know. I couldn't be more excited to be a part of this, this scene in this community. And I'm, I'm just really in awe of all these people because I'm, you know, you know, this making wine is not cheap and no one does it to get rich you do it because you love it that's right you do it because you want to want to make an imprint on the world you want to make something that people can hold in their hands and their mouths and it's i don't know it's just really special to be here right now and i i extend that thought uh actually through the entire pacific northwest as well i think some really exciting things are coming out of washington at the moment as well and oregon i agree yeah i mean the whole west coast is really uh it feels like it's having a, you know, a, a renovation is not the right word I'm looking for. Um, a renaissance. renaissance. Thank you. <laughs> That's the word um, of, of these. Yeah, exactly. Young, uh, innovative people. And, and you're certainly certainly one of them. And uh, it's it's a cool community and, and uh, something we try to be as much a part of as we can. And I know I you, are. you do a really good job from my perspective. I will say Appreciate that. It. Thanks. Nice. Well, uh, outside of uh, the core cans and, and the upcoming white and this uh, amazing secret that we can't tell anybody about yet, um, is there anything <laughs> else you want to let the uh, the team know about, uh, let our customers know about uh, for Nomadica? You know, we, we touched a little bit on all of the thoughtful uh, 
processes and you know the in, environmental impact of the cans in the world and all of sustainable farming and things. I think that's really important uh, for the team to to remember. But if there's other things that you wanted to to highlight, um, this would be the time. I think I I really just want to extend a thank you um, to you, your team, all of our customers up there. You know, we are still a really small company and alcohol is getting more and more expensive to function in and, you know, prohibitively so for, for small companies. And the way that just the Pacific Northwest in general has embraced Nomadica and crushed it, uh, I'm really honored and grateful. Like, I, I feel like we launched there and with our core tenants of just being really awesome wine and geared towards sustainable packaging and the community just embraced it. And I'm just, I'm really grateful and really honored. So I wanted to say thank you. Thank Well, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're uh, we feel equally honored that you chose us to be your partners. Um, and I think the best is yet to come. We're feels very much like we're just scratching the surface of the potential. So I agree. I agree. Um, and, and shout out to Josh from Hoxie for introducing us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, that was a, the, you know, the small community that we was being mentioned before. It's propping everybody up, right? That's how you came, uh, we came to get connected. It was through Josh. So um, that's, that's great. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the time today, Kristen. And, and uh, one of these days, we'll be able to get you up here when it's when it's uh, safe to to visit, and, <laughs> and, and we're not going backwards in our mask uh, mandates and whatnot. Um, so hopefully, Fingers that's sooner rather than later. Than later. <laughs> yeah. But uh, until then, um, I'm going to make sure to share your information with the team so they all know how to find you. And your website's really great. And there's a a, a trade page there which. Uh, I will share the password for in the email to the team. Um, any customers listening can can just ask if they really want to look, right? That's okay. It's it's open to all trade. <laughs> yes, it's uh, definitely everyone, um, no secrets. No secrets, but except for except for the one <laughs> that we have about next year. <laughs> <laughs> except for that one. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'll make sure that's shared so you can get more information there and um, let's just keep crushing some cans. Awesome. I'm so stoked. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Kristen. Have a great day. You too. Take care. All right. So that was Kristen. Uh, it was really enjoyable talking with her. She's a ton of fun, a wealth of knowledge. Uh, and as you all consume that, she's really passionate about her canned wine project. So I hope you enjoyed listening in. hope you learned a lot from her. Uh, hopefully we'll get her up here at some point and we'll be able to uh, share her story with more customers. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, thanks for giving a sip.